Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going the extra mile to support us in our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa and help support our community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Ultimately, you know, keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. Another episode. We are back with 1% better and a little better news this week. The Colts, they're on the board. 28-11, to 11, they beat the Minnesota Vikings, the, I think, dreadful Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, oh God. That's, a fair, that's a fair estimation after what we saw today. I know it's been two games, but my God, they suck. <laughs> so, so just be glad that's not your team you're talking about <laughs> there, fans. Uh, it could always be worse, right? Um, but, Zach, let's, let's start with what I think was the elephant in the room, like, all week. 0-2. Staring you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? The possibility of 0-2. Yep. No one in town was really wanting to talk about that, but it was on everybody's mind. Let's be completely honest here, including ours, right? Yeah. And I wondered what it would be like. Like, who would, you know, people might set the town on fire. 0-2, you told me this team was good. Yeah. Uh, but just avoiding 0-2, man. What, what does that do for your psyche for the rest of the season? What do you think? It's not just avoiding 0-2, it's the way they avoided 0-2. This was Mm. a dominant, complete, convincing performance, and that's what is most reassuring. And I think it was something interesting Frank Reich said last week. He said in the middle of the week, they're 0-1, they lost to the Jags. He says, look, we don't want to be overly responsive to outcomes this season. And that means Mm. we don't want to get really, really wrapped up in what our record is and, and what the win-loss thing says on Sundays. So I think that can be treated in two ways. Like like you said a couple of hours ago when we were sitting in the press box, like they're not as bad as they looked in week one. They're probably not as good as they work, look today. That's probably a good truth to hold throughout the team with, with every, you know, without throughout the league with every team this season. But um, I think we can calm some nerves about the defense after the way they absolutely dominated today and and made Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins look horrendous and um, the offense moved the ball we can get to the injuries but um, this was what the Colts want to be it's how they want to win and they did it today against a team that's probably fallen off the rails it seems like but um, you know that that spoke to a lot of depth in a lot of different places of the roster that was what stood out to me the most today yeah and I think that actually speaks volumes to what their their chances are for 2020 because your depth is going to really determine where you go a lot of times and we are seeing that more than ever today was a unbelievable day in terms of injuries across the league so yeah. we as you said we'll, we'll get to that in a second uh i i thought that and including for indianapolis by the way i i thought that the the biggest thing to note here was they, they showed a little bit of adaptability, right? So this game 
required them to play a little differently than last week. So last week, what did we see? Phillip Rivers came out firing. They're throwing the ball all over the yard. They throw for, you know, well, they, they had, what, 400-plus yards of offense. This was a very, very different game, I felt like. And it was a grinded-out sort of great on the defense Kind of great on the opposing defense. It, it, you know? it was a late sort of, 2018 sort of win. win for this team, was it not? Yes. Yeah, I called it sort of a throwback win, honestly, and and it felt that way. So Jonathan Taylor, right? He has 100 yards, 101 yards, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't the way you thought he might get to 100 yards, right? It was, it was three cloud, three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> it really was, yep. and that was okay, right? It was uh, Philip Rivers throwing you know, selectively today, right? There was, I think, the second drive of the day. The Colts, I believe, had, or let me rephrase that, after the first quarter of the game, the Colts, their play selection was as follows. 12 runs, three passes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was literally it, you know? So it was a different kind of day, but uh, I I think that's what this team is. They're built to kind of do whatever they need to do offensively. Um is this a good thing, the fact that they can win in different ways? Absolutely. This is sustainable. Now, they're not going to win every game like this, and they're going to play much better quarterbacks than what we saw from Kirk Cousins today. But this is sustainable, and this is how Frank Reich wants to win. I know that for a fact because this is how he he talks about the way he wants to build his team and the way he wants his team to look on Sundays. Rivers was 19-25 for 214, a touchdown interception, and a 100 rating. Good, not great, nothing special. Made some timely throws. Mo Ali Cox had a day, by the way, and he had a pretty costly drop early that we thought was going to be a big deal. All he did the rest of the way was have five catches for 111. It was his best day as a pro, without a doubt. And he really looked like a, a, a starting tight end in this league. But the balance was what Frank Reich wants, and we heard Philip Rivers after the game, and this was kind of funny. He said, look, you know, the, the term game manager gets thrown around a lot, and it's, a, it's got a negative connotation. But, heck, if, if that was a game manager day, I'll take that every day. You could see how relieved and how happy Phillip Rivers was to be a part of a team that won today, one, and two, to have all the help that he had. He had a tight end go crazy. He had Jonathan Taylor in his first NFL start go for 100 yards, and he had a defense that kicked ass all day. Phillip Rivers loved that. This is how Frank wants, Reich wants to coach. And, and this is sustainable. This is going to give you a chance a lot of Sundays, especially when it gets a little bit tighter and it's a one-score game. If you've got a running game and a defense that's playing like the Colts did today, that's the Colts' recipe for success. That's what Chris Ballard wants in the way he built the team, and that's how Frank Reich wants it in the way he coaches. Yeah, so I wrote a story this evening about how the depth of this team, I think, really showed today. And one of the reasons I think that was notable is well, first of all, obviously you always want depth, but but I, I really think look at just look at last year, and I think last year's a great example. This team today at kickoff was missing Jack Doyle. Uh was missing who am I forgetting? Uh, Marlon Mack, right? Marlon Mack out for the season last week. Uh Rakia Sin, which was stunning. We didn't know this until 90 minutes before kickoff. Rakia Sin Got checked into the hospital today before the game. Had some sort of stomach illness. We don't think it's COVID. So hold your horses on that. But but we will see. But, yeah. but the point is, he wasn't available. And that was a surprise. No one expected that. All right. The game starts, Zach. And freaking Paris Campbell on the second offensive play gets creamed. Hit right Ugh. in the leg. Carted off the field. You're just 
feeling horrible for this kid who's just uh, battled injury after injury. Malik Hooker, who you know made it, who was actually starting to look like he was being a presence at least a little bit there uh, early in the game. He goes out with an Achilles injury. He might be done. That's before halftime. And so, like, that's five key starters before you even get to the locker room at halftime who aren't on the field. And what do they do? They go out there and they smother the Vikings and just basically dominate them. So I think that's that team or this team had all of those things happen in 2019. They lose. No doubt about it, in my opinion. They lose. This team is different. They're, it's deeper. It's more determined, I think. And even though they weren't in Jacksonville, but but certainly I think both depth, attitude, uh, just the ability to weather those things, I think that's what's going to take you through today in the and, NFL. And let's walk through it. I mean, think about it. So Marlon Mack goes down. Who's your backup? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Really, really good backup to have. I'm right? feeling good about that. <laughs> Jack Doyle goes down. What does Moelle Cox do? His best day as a pro. Malik Hooker goes down. Who steps in? And I wrote about this kid who wasn't even supposed to be on the field until October, Julian Blackman, third-round pick out of Utah, who basically, you know, I had a fun conversation with him after the game, and he said, you know, I always heal faster than everybody. And very (laughs) quietly throughout the last couple months has has been readying to get going a lot sooner than anyone anticipated. That kid was a stud in the first half today, stepped in his first NFL game, had a key tackle on third down, had two pass deflections, one of which led to an interception. So – um, if Hooker is out for a while, he's, he's got an Achilles, and that's not good. Um, you know, that's another guy, Julian Blackman, who stepped in, and the Colts didn't miss a beat today. We'll see how it goes for the long haul. But Julian Blackman looked really good today, just as Malik, uh, just as Moelle Cox did, and, and just as um, Jonathan Taylor did. Yeah, and you know, it was interesting. I thought that um, offensively. You know, they haven't really gotten a lot this year out of some guys who you thought might be the key guys, right? So, like, T.Y. Hilton has been just a non-factor for this team. <laughs> okay, and we'll get to him too, right? Yeah. T.Y., I have the thought on T.Y., but that's okay. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, he's been a non-factor and, you know, for the most part was today. Uh, I thought that, um, you know, Naheem Hines, by the way. Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines barely touched the ball today. And I think this goes to what we were saying earlier. Now, he didn't they have can a carry. He was crazy. targeted once in the passing game. Carry After on. having the most touches of anybody on the team last week. Right. So if, you, if this doesn't show you that this team has a lot of versatility and the way it can attack you, then that should tell you something, right? I mean, they played a completely different style of football today than they did last week. And I, I thought that should tell you that you can adapt to situations. And today their situation was, okay, we got a quarterback who can't beat us. <laughs> and and our defense is playing lights out. So you know what? We're gonna we're going to basically play off of that offensively. And they did do that. Uh I, I think Phillip Rivers last week he he put up a lot of numbers, but you could argue that it was an inefficient game because he made some bad decisions on those interceptions. Today not as big on the numbers, but he didn't make the big mistake, I feel like. And I'm not saying which is better, but, you know, look, the, the result is undeniable. I mean, what do you think about Rivers today, the way he played? No one on Monday morning is going to pick up their box score and be like, man, big day for Philip Rivers. But at the same time, I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. 
Yeah, agree completely. And I thought there were a couple times, and we even talked about this during the game, that he made a play or specifically a throw that Jacoby Brissett wouldn't have made last year. And, they, and this is such a game that comes down to those three or four or five or six plays. And, and I thought Rivers made those Sunday, and you started to see that very, very slim margin between what they had last year at the quarterback spot and this year. And it might not be a huge difference by the end of the year in terms of numbers, right? But it might be a huge difference in terms of the way games are decided. And look, right. they drove down the field on the first drive, and they had an unlucky bounce. And, and Moelle Cox bobbled it, and then you know the, the safety kind of got his hand in there. Harrison Smith made a great play. It was a great play by Harrison Smith. Interception, no points, right? Third interception for Rivers early in the season. And what does he do the rest of the way? Plays pretty much mistake-free the rest of the way. Um, hit some really key downs, hit some nice third down throws, found Moelle Cox on a really, really nice one in the second half that set up the touchdown to Zach Paschal. So that was an efficient, very successful game for Phillip Rivers, and that's what they want from him. They probably don't want a whole lot more, maybe a a couple more touchdowns, but I don't think this team wants him throwing it 40 times a game. And I think, you know, I think Frank Reich said that last week. He doesn't want to lose that balance. And if you're getting four yards of carry from Jonathan Taylor, that means Phillip Rivers is going to be that much better because he's not going to have to force it and make the mistakes he made in week one. So before we move on, a word from DraftKings. Week two is already in the books. It's time to get ready for week three next weekend, and there's no better place to do it than the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you Another can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app because you do not want to miss this. What they're doing is they're giving you the chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team. That's right. You can go place a $1 bet on any NFL team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How good is that? Can you pass that up? Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is also giving all the MMA fans out there the same great offer. For UFC 253 this coming weekend, DraftKings is a safe, reliable, and secure site, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code FAST when you sign up to get this team's can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 3, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code FAST during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. Indiana only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You mentioned Ali, Ali Cox. I, I do want to break him out a little bit and, and drill down just a second on him because I really was worried about the tight ends today. And for two reasons. Number one, well, they didn't have any. <laughs> and so that's the first thing. But then number two, relatedly, the tight ends are such a huge part of what they do. The tight ends are a huge part of this offense. Frank Reich features them. And so you're missing basically your two best pass-catching tight ends. Trey Burton already out. Now all of a sudden, Forgot Jack Doyle. Forgot about Trey Burton. Yeah, Trey Burton's on IR. I mean, who, Trey Burton, who caught a 1,000 passes in training camp, he's on IR, right? And so they're down to... Mo Ali Cox and some guy whose last name I can't pronounce. Noah Togaye, I think. He got some snaps today. He did. He was signed like, what, 15 hours ago? <laughs> yeah, he's been here two weeks, you know. Last week, didn't know the offense well enough to even play. 
Today, he played a whole bunch because they had to. So my point is, I really thought that Frank Reich would would sort of stay away from the tight end as, as much as he did today. This was or, kind or of more, a Frank more than Reich flex, wasn't it? It kind oh, of was. oh, we don't have any tight ends left. Oh, let, let me let me see about that, right? This was kind of a like Frank Reich being like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing, I, right? I said it in, in I said it in the pregame on television. I said, well, you know, uh, Frank's going to have to adapt his play calling today because there's no way. I mean, he doesn't have any tight ends. And what does he do? They go out there and they feature the third string tight end. So, <laughs> Moale Cox, though, by the way, I mean, I just think that he is so interesting. Five catches on six targets today, 111 yards. But really, it's it's bigger than today. It's about the last two or three years, really, with this kid and what he has been building toward. Uh, I remember. When he got here, he was a basketball player, right? And he, uh, he came out of Virginia Commonwealth, BCU, one of Shaka Smart's guys. Uh, he he didn't really have a huge basketball future because he's not tall, not tall enough, right? But uh, to play power forward in pro basketball, but he certainly is built like a a powerful football player. And the Colts, oh man, when you see Mo Valley Cox up close and you see those hands, <laughs> you can don't, see don't why shake he's a great his blocker. Hand. Right, you'll feel small. Right. Don't shake his hand. So anyway, here he here he comes in. They teach him how to play football. They teach him how to get in the stance. He hasn't played football since like middle school or something. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. No, and he, 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 this high school, the first high school he went to, did not have high school football. So there you go. It wasn't even just like his senior year was the last time he played football. It was a while ago. Right. So so you have to appreciate how far he's come from to understand where he is now and. And I will be the first to admit today, I underestimated this guy. And you know, I thought what he did today, I think it, it really changed the game a little bit because now when Jack Doyle comes back, if you think that, oh, well, we can just focus on Jack Doyle, well, nope, you can't. I mean, this guy's put it on tape. But uh, two things. Number one, you talked about Frank Reich flexing. Also, Philip Rivers, I think, showing a continued. Uh, continued faith in his guys. This is not the first time he's done this, right? Where a guy has failed him. Molly Cox has that big drop, cost Rivers an interception early in the game. And what does he do? He goes right back to him all day long. Uh, That has been something we've seen Rivers do now a few times. Uh, What do you think that does for a guy like Ali Cox or any of these younger receivers and tight ends? Yeah, it's it's it speaks a lot to the confidence this new quarterback has in his new teammates. And, you know, Mally Cox said basically you just flush it. You just flush it down the toilet. He gave up the bobbled pass early. And all I did the rest of the way was five catches for 111 yards. No one else on the team had more than 37 receiving yards, including T.Y. Hilton. And they couldn't guard Mowally Cox. And these weren't just slants over the middle, uh, you know, Jack Doyle stuff, right? Seven yards, eight yards. These were like 19, 20. I mean, look at the average. This guy was averaging 25, 30 yards a catch. And if you see his hands, look at look at pictures of the football in this guy's <laughs> hands. I mean, it looks like a Nerf ball. And I remember Eric Ebron a couple of years ago in Oakland after Mowally Cox made that ridiculous falling one-hander in the end zone. He said... He's like Gigantosaurus hands. I mean, so, you know, the Colts saw this years ago, and it's a credit to Chris Bowden and his scouting staff, one, but it's also a credit to Molly Cox, who has basically transformed himself into a football player without a lot of previous knowledge. And this is, you know, happening a lot over the NFL the last 10 years, but that doesn't mean it's getting any easier. And I remember Eric Swope, another guy who did it, telling me he had to watch Madden 
you know, to, to learn what different defenses were doing. So those are some of the elementary steps these guys go through just to learn the game at this level that they have to know. And, and remember, Melody Cox last year, 93 receiving yards all season. He broke his thumb late in the year, refused to go on IR, and, and literally played like four days after surgery. So in the minds of the Colts decision makers, Chris Ballard and his crew, you know, they they loved that about him because he wouldn't go on IR and he just basically stayed on the field to block. He wasn't a pass catching threat. So 93 receiving yards last year, 111 today. Um, and he absolutely, you know, he was asked after the game, like, do you feel like you've proven today that you could be a number one tight end in this league? And this was a guy that's only been in the league a couple of years, didn't even play college football. And Mo Cox did not hesitate. He said, I absolutely think I can do that. Today, he made a great case for that. Okay, so that said, let's talk about injuries. That We do need to touch on this. And, you know, this is going to be a weekly thing. And this is a, a different kind of year, right? We, right. Uh, there were no off-season practices. Uh, a lot of guys, I think, limited in what they could do during the off-season, during quarantine. Their gyms were closed. Uh, their workout facilities maybe not available to them. So that also... Darius Leonard had to borrow stuff from his high school. I mean, that's, yeah, crazy. that's what a that's, lot of guys That's had a to true do. story. Yeah. And so no... Uh, well, sort of a, a diminished training camp to some extent. No preseason. So we did wonder if this would manifest itself. And I will tell you, I'll, I'll get to the rest of the league here in a second, but but as far as the Colts are concerned, they're not alone. Uh, and I know that's usually the, the response of Colts fans, like, why always us? Well, it's not just you this time, but right. uh, you do care Ask about the Colts. the 49ers Colts. who lost their running back quarterback <laughs> and Nick Bosa today. Right. Paris Campbell, that's the one that we're probably waiting for uh, most anxiously. That looked bad. It was carted off right away. They, they seemed to know initially, or pretty early, that uh, he wasn't going to walk off the field. He put no pressure on that leg. Uh, but we'll see. There's some initial reporting that suggests maybe he did not tear his ACL. That doesn't mean he didn't do something else that uh, is going to keep yeah. him out of the lineup. So I'm not willing to to uh, move on from that one just yet. I would, I would still hold your breath on that one. Malik Hooker, same deal. Uh, Achilles injury. I'm hearing it's bad. Uh, he... He has an MRI scheduled for Monday, which, you know, by the time you're listening to us, it's probably Monday morning. But uh, we will hopefully learn something on uh, sometime on Monday on Malik Hooker. But that that one I think you should be concerned about. So uh, I, I think certainly we also want to find out, hopefully, what's going on with Rocky Asin. So hoping to learn more about that on, right. on Monday. So, but this is not just the Colts. I mean, did you... Did you look around the league today? It, Man, let, let's, it, let's go through this real quick. Saquon Barkley might have an ACL. Drew Locke left the game, didn't come back, right shoulder. Uh, Anthony Barr for the Vikings, he got hurt today. Uh, didn't mention that. Uh, Byron Jones, great cornerback down in Miami. Devontae Adams is hurt. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is this is stunning. Uh, oh, I forgot about it. Christian McCaffrey left the game, didn't come yeah. back today. So, uh, uh, not surprised. It's it's just brutal for for teams everywhere. We you know when we're watching the game in the press box, we're very much focused on this game. And you hear updates from other games, and you might be able to check a score, but it's never like you're able to watch the other games. Right. And over the course of the three hours that the Colts were playing, you just get updates every fifteen minutes. Another star player is down. Another key player is down. And it was just, 
an onslaught of bad news for teams across the league. And the Colts were not alone. They didn't have the biggest name go down, but Paris Campbell is certainly a huge loss. Malik Hooker is certainly a huge loss. And you couple that with the fact that they lost their starting running back in the second quarter of the season last week in Jacksonville. And it's just brutal. And it's, I, you know, there's injuries every year, and the Colts have suffered plenty over the last couple of years. But it feels like this year is just gutting because Marlon Mack's in a contract year, and, and that was very clear how much that hurt Frank Reich just to see a guy that he really respects go down for the year. And Malik Hooker, I mean, a guy who's fought injuries and fought through a lot of them, this is a contract year for him, and he had a lot to prove. And we'll see the severity of this, but um, it's just brutal to watch these guys with so much on the line not get a fair chance to state their case. Yeah, it's it's the part of covering football you never get used to. It really is. Um, you know, and not just because we deal with these guys and, we, you know, we know them on some level, you know. I talked to Malik Hooker on Friday, actually. It's, it's so funny. I talked to him. I interviewed him on Friday for a story I was working on. I don't know where that stands, but that's another yeah. story. Uh, anyhow, I interviewed him on Friday afternoon after practice was done. He told me he was feeling great. He said, you know, I'm ready, man. He said, you know, we, we're better defense than we showed last week. He says, we're ready. And uh, he was not wrong. He was certainly not wrong about that. They showed up today, but you know he wanted to be a part of that, and uh, certainly uh, got you know, got those plans changed uh, this afternoon. And we should probably touch on Paris. I mean, not to yes, you know, yes. ignore him, but like probably one of the nicest kids on the team. And we saw both firsthand last year just how gutted he was week after week trying to get on the field and just the worst injury luck I've probably ever seen. I mean, it was the hamstring, a broken foot, broken hand, and a sports hernia. Four different injuries in the same year for a wide receiver. And then he has a great week one. And then in the second play of scrimmage today, just just a gruesome hit slash fall on that knee of his and and just you could tell right away. And, And it was very clear in Frank Reich's words after the game, just how much this bothered him. Paris Campbell, man, you just feel for him just because it's just so unlucky so far. Yeah, football can be brutal. Before we go on, I want to tell you a little bit about Fubo TV. They want you to know about their family plan. It gives you the opportunity to have three people watch at the same time. They've also got a standard base plan that gives you two screens at the same time. They're offering $15 off the first month, good deal there, 30 hours of DVR, local broadcasts, and look, times are tough, so they're giving it to you for $50 a month. That is more affordable than other cable providers. They've also got NBC Sports included in their national feed. So with the NFL season now upon us, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on their on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to, go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic start your first month today before we move on a word from roman talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like i lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like i had a long day at work or sorry honey i'm just not feeling it but with roman it's easy to talk about it with real health care professionals who can prescribe real medication 
It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free, and it's just two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple as well. Just go to roman.com slash percent. That's for 1% better and get a complete online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash percent today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's roman.com slash percent. Get roman.com slash percent. You know, we talked about injuries. We talked about the depth showing up. Now let's get a little specific. I, I think we we've thoroughly explored um, Mo Ali Cox, but I think there's some other guys. You mentioned one before, Julian Blackman, but there's some others I think who who played some key roles. That they, and listen, they're not going to be in anybody's headlines because you know there's lots of guys that chip in. But yeah. I thought Julian Blackman had company. It was a guy like T.J. Carey today, who yeah, I have never talked to even this guy. Two pass deflections, has the interception on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Uh, I think a guy like Michael Pittman played a big yeah. role, right? So Campbell yeah. goes down, and Pittman steps in with a couple third down catches. He saves his quarterback on a tip ball. That was a somehow, clutch play. That yes. is a rookie earning his quarterback's trust right there and respect. Right. So that ball probably gets picked off if Pittman doesn't. Uh, throw up his huge mitt and just you know ridiculously long arm (laughs) right and make that catch which he you know which I didn't figure he would make and then you got guys like uh you know even even guys like um uh after late in the game Xavier Rhodes had cramps and um I saw the rookie in there. It was uh, Rogers. Isaiah Rogers. I'm trying to remember his kid's name. That's where we're at on the roster now. <laughs> Isaiah Rogers stepped in there and, and had some some critical snaps late in the game to at least you know not let uh, Minnesota get back in the game. So you know, I thought for a minute there, I'm like, well, why are they playing the rookie? I mean, they're not up by that much, but no, it turned out they needed him in the game. So they were already down the starting corner and Rocky Asin. So I think their depth really got tested in major ways today. Um, do you feel like, I talked about this, you know, being a game that I don't know that this team last year would have won because of all the absences. Do you remember late last year when they, when the chips were down, uh, that team just didn't really look very inspired. And I thought a lot of that had to do with injuries. And certainly yeah. the offense was having its own issues. But look at what happened at receiver, right? And is this team better constructed? Is that are they yeah. just have they just done a better job? No, I thought the same thing today. I thought, okay, Campbell's out. Okay. Zach Pascal. I like Zach Pascal. He can play. Yeah. He proved that last year. You probably don't want him as your number two, but if you've got Pascal and you got Pittman who's getting better every day. And you got T.Y., and, and, and look, T.Y.'s not had a great start to the season. He does not get any um, omittance for those drops, both mm-hmm. last week and today. But um, you got Naheem Hines, who's, let's be honest, more of a receiver than he is a running back these days. And you got Moelle Cox going for 111 yards. And eventually you'll have Jack Doyle back, and you'll have Trey Burton. So, you know, just thinking about it in my head during the game – I was like, you know what? This passing game is in much better shape than they would have been last year 
if the same thing happened and they lost Paris Campbell. So we'll see what happens, and, and, and hopefully Paris Campbell's only out for a couple weeks, but that's probably the very, very highest optimistic um, timetable. But, you know, one thing I want to mention before, you know, you talked about the depth. Um, yeah, the depth was great, but you know who was also great? Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. Yeah. They were both terrific, and they deserve shout-outs. I mean, the, the play Darius Leonard made where he he saw the hole, he hit the hole, and he finished – the runner behind the line of scrimmage. That was quintessential Darius Leonard. Like when I think about how he plays football, that was Darius Leonard. He brought it today and the rest of the defense followed. Buckner's first sack as a cold as a safety. There's another highlight I saw where he just absolutely manhandled an offensive lineman. Um, That's what they brought him here to do. And he's going to change the game in a lot more ways than you probably see in the stat sheet or even when you watch the game on Sunday. Um, but I noticed him a lot more when I watched the tape last week after the game, and I think it'll be even more so clear tomorrow. But um, shout out to Buckner and Leonard. Those guys balled out today. Yeah, and I think as I was talking about the depth, I, I think you're just seeing a couple of things happen here. It's it's not just getting it's not just getting new players, right? That's part of it. I mentioned T.J. Carey, uh, Julian Blackman, who yeah. I think. Is going to be a stud, right? Man, uh, that fast. was a hell of a debut. Yeah, yeah, that kid plays at a different speed, and and he's not even really ready. Okay, let's just be clear now. Like he's, I mean, he's told us he was ready a long time ago, but he's barely practiced. Okay, he let's didn't practice till September first. <laughs> this kid, this he kid didn't barely camp. had a he full didn't have practice. OTAs. So. He didn't have rookie mini camp. He's not supposed to be playing right now. And they've limited his snaps in practice, so he hasn't even had a full practice. Okay, so. He's just a freak. So anyhow, it's not just though. It's not just new players. It's also developing the talent that you do have. So the same, even with the same players from year to year, your depth should be better because they should be developing. They should be right. getting better. Right. And I think we're seeing that. We're seeing a guy some like guys, Grover Stewart's a great example. Yeah, I agree with that. And we're seeing some guys now, you know, growing a little bit. You know, and I think that's. That's a credit to the coaches. They're doing the job. You know, you talked about Zach Pascal, and I think he's a great example of a guy who three years ago, not even really in the picture, and now is a great option for this team. I mean, Paris Campbell gets hurt, and they're like, yeah, we got Zach Pascal. We're good. You know, now you can't do that every week, but that's what you want. You want guys who can just easily step right in there, and they don't all have to be newcomers. They can be guys who are returners who just keep developing and they're at the ready. So I think that is a credit to the job that the coaches are doing with these guys. So good news there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the defense. You just mentioned a couple of things. I I thought that a couple of things. Number one, the way Kirk Cousins started this game, uh, those rollouts, he was running those sort of boot bootleg runs and some of those, or excuse me, bootleg throws, some of them off play action, what have you. Uh, I, I think they they think they clearly saw something, right? Or they thought they saw something. And it didn't get them anywhere. No. <laughs> so I got to give this Colts defense credit. Uh, I thought they were a little more aggressive today, but you know what I liked? And you already hit on this. I like the playmaking. Last mm-hmm. week, I felt like they went through that entire game, not giving up a lot of yards, but nobody made a play. Yeah. I didn't see any play that I walked away from that game saying, okay, that's a memorable play. Today I saw a, a bunch of those, and I think that was the difference. Uh, they, they, they came into the season talking about they want 40 turnovers. Okay, we'll make a play. Well, they made a few today. I felt last week we saw the worst of the cover two, right? 
just tons of completions. It just didn't look like it was offering any resistance to the opposing offense. Gave up touchdowns. Didn't do anything to stop anything. Today we saw the best of the cover two. Like the absolute best. Like they stopped the run. They were going to give the quarterback a little bit, but they mainly just forced him into, into decisions he didn't want to make. And when it's a guy like Kirk Cousins, he's not good enough to beat you. And he just, they made him, they forced him into a lot of mistakes. And, you know, 40 turnovers, they had three interceptions today and a safety. So um, that's a heck of an answer for Matt Eberflus. One, two, his defense, they made the plays they want to take. And, you know, a big part of this is, you know, what's one thing Chris Ballard said last year at the end of the year? He said, we didn't turn the ball over enough. Chris has been harping on this for four years. Since, ever since he got in the door, he was like, we have to be able to turn the ball over consistently in this league. And they did it today, and you saw how much it took out of the Vikings, and you saw how much the Colts were able to just control the game from the jump. That was a huge part of it. You want plays made? DeForest Buckner, here's a safety. Darius Leonard, here's a tackle for loss. Kari Willis interception. TJ Carey interception. Kenny Moore interception. They absolute feasted on, on the Minnesota's offense today and made them look terrible. We'll see if they can continue that. Um, the Jets look terrible. I, they have a bunch of Colts cast-offs <laughs> on the roster. So we might see another banner day from the defense next week um, because the Colts, I mean, they absolutely just, uh, you know, they. I think they heard the headlines last week. I think they heard about all the chatter about how bad this defense was because they played like it today. Yeah, I just I just like the individual efforts today too on defense. I think you know more than just the 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 scheme and and the the actual game planning. We saw individuals you know step up and make plays, and none other than Xavier Rhodes, by the way, who yeah. got roasted last week. I thought that was a terrible performance by him. He had a, a huge pass deflection today on a on a big play. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that was missing last week. You know, where were where were these guys in terms of getting hands on the football, right? We weren't seeing any of that last week. Today, it was all over the place. I mean, we talked about Julian Blackman, right? That play down the seam where he tracks that ball a good 30-plus yards, tips it, times his jump perfectly, and tips it right to Kari Willis for the interception. I mean, that's the kind of thing you got to do to force turnovers and to get off the field. And uh, you've already covered uh, certainly Darius Leonard. I think you're seeing, you saw, I should say, really great individual efforts on defense because the best laid plans, right, okay, don't matter if guys don't make any plays. And today they did. I thought this was some of the best collective playmaking that I've seen from this Colts defense in a long time. And and I got to give a shout out to one guy who I can't believe I'm saying this, but Taylor Stallworth, by the way, two huge stops on a goal line stop down uh, early in the game that kind of set the tone for this team, you know, for this He's defense. He's kind of playing right? Sheldon Day's role, right? I mean, yeah, while Sheldon Day he comes is. back from the injury, I mean, Taylor Stallworth. I think that's why he's on the 53-man roster, honestly. You know, because Sheldon Day is is still coming back. So, you know, I, I think that's what it's about, man. This offense or this Vikings offense gave them opportunities. Well, what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to do? And I thought they did what they had to do today. I, didn't, I mean, it, it will be hard for me to think of an example of, of how you can make an NFL quarterback look worse than the Colts made Kirk Cousins today. I mean, I, if I was a Vikings fan, I would have had no faith at all that they're going to move the ball down the field 
and score a touchdown. I mean, the only option they had was Dalvin Cook, and he played okay, but the Colts mostly bottled him up. I mean, they just forced Kirk Cousins into mistake after mistake after mistake, and you hit on it. It was a bunch of playmaking. It was, you know, Kenny Moore getting in there and doing what Kenny Moore does. Xavier Rhodes with that great tip on, and I believe that was a third down. If not, it was a second down. Um, the line was good, and, and you saw on those deep passes when Cousins would try and let it fly. You know, it was Kari Willis getting in there for a breakup. It was Julian Blackman getting in there for a couple breakups. So, you know, that's that's how this defense is supposed to look. That's how they're supposed to play. Now we're going to see if they can find some consistency. I, I want to get off track just for a second here just because I think this deserves a mention. You talked about Kirk Cousins. Now, the Colts are kind of in an uncertain quarterback situation, right, in terms of their future, right? They don't yeah. have a quarterback of the future, or at least we don't know that they do. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Jacob Eason long term, but we don't know what their quarterback future is. And so here you have that situation on the one hand, and then you have, on the other hand, the Vikings situation. They have a quarterback. They're paying him a ton of money, shitload of money. A ton <laughs> okay? of and, money. And guess what? It's not going well. And... I, I tell you what, and that is that is exhibit A, why if you're Chris Ballard, you slow play this and you don't go jump in to something crazy that's going to, you know, potentially put you in a, a tough situation. You've seen a lot of teams around the NFL kind of, uh, you know, maybe jump the gun in a quarterback situation and either commit too early or... yeah. Or commit to the wrong guy, you know, and and this is what can happen. I'm not saying I got the answer, but I'm just saying I don't. I know I don't want that if I'm a GM. That's for he sure. knows. Chris knows how important this is, and and you know maybe outwardly and publicly he says, you know, we want to win because of the team, not just the quarterback, and he does. But he also knows privately, this is the whole future. You got to find a quarterback and. You know, they, they wouldn't panic in the draft last spring. They wouldn't do it. They didn't want to move up for Jordan Love, and they didn't take anybody in the first three rounds. And then Eason fell, and they took him, and he's TBD. He looks really good when I watch him in practice, but, you know, he's got a long way to go. But, you know, they know the importance of finding that position, but they're also trying to do what's really hard in this league is win while they look for that quarterback. That's why you pay Phillip Rivers a $25 million salary to come in this year and you know, maybe you do it next year too if he wants to come back. But it'll be interesting to see how long they can do this and, and how patient they stay. But you're right. I mean, Kirk Cousins is making crazy money, and he had a 19.5 passer rating today. For God's sakes. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, it's it's funny. There's different ways to play it, right? There's there's the Vikings and what they're doing, then there's the Cowboys and what they're doing, and I don't know if that's right either. But but right. not neither situation is is ideal, right? The Cowboys don't have a future, uh, don't have their quarterback future settled. the The Vikings do, but not with the guy maybe they want. So I don't know. It's uh, it's tough out there. So all I'm saying, Colts fans, is you're not the only ones who you know probably lose a little sleep at night about your quarterback situation, but. It's better to have flexibility than to have a lack of it, I guess, is mm -hmm. what I would say. Right. Uh, hey, before we get out of here, uh, let's just talk about T.Y. Hilton for a moment. I, I have a thought. Do you have a thought? Uh, and, and let's preface this by saying two humongous drops in the final possession in week one that really, I, I think, undermine any chance of tying that game, which they really had a chance to tie. Yeah. And then, and he was just, 
he was completely broken up about it to his credit. Like, I mean, he manned up, he took it on the chin, but it still happened. And you still got to deal with that. Now today he comes in there, he's wide open, runs a great route. And Philip Rivers hits him perfectly in the end zone for 44 yards and he drops it. Thoughts? What are we seeing? What's happening? I don't have an answer. Um, <laughs> I think in the press box you said T.Y. makes that catch in his sleep. And he does because we've seen it 50 times from him. And the strange thing is he's, he's getting up there in years, but he's, he's not losing his speed. He's still getting separation. He's still open. He's still behind the defense. I don't know what's up, man. I don't know if it's in his head. I don't know what's up, but he needs to get this fixed because this is a contract year for him as well. And I know what he's done for the team, and I know what he means to the franchise. But if you're not delivering on Sundays, that's going to make the decision a little bit easier come March when he's a free agent. What do you yeah, think is going gonna, on? Well, my thought is I'm, I'm not, like, flipping out about it yet because, you know, we're talking about three plays, right? But they're, they're three huge plays, right? I mean, one today, that touchdown – Gives them a lot of breathing room in the game, okay? Oh, because yeah. for a while there, I was thinking, they're going to screw this up. Watch. <laughs> they're going to screw this well, up. Well, because you watched the game in Jacksonville last week. Right. <laughs> Thankfully for them, it was Kirk Cousins on the other side. But anyhow, be that as it may. And not Colts killer Gardner Minshew. <laughs> hey, don't sleep on Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, did you see what he did in the fourth quarter today? Yeah, man. I'm hey. team Gardner Minshew. He's, he's so much better than people give him credit for. I am not sleeping on that guy anymore. The Colts got to play him again, by the way, folks. So buckle up. Anyhow, as it relates to T.Y., I, I just, as I said, I'm not flipping out yet. I, I think what you're seeing here is a guy who might be overthinking it. Uh, the, the two drops last week, I think, maybe spilled over into this week. I, I didn't necessarily anticipate seeing that from a guy like T.Y., who I think is one of the most mentally strong guys you're going to find, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's never bothered by anything. Mm-hmm. And and I have never I rarely see him not respond after a bad performance, too. When he says he's going to respond, he almost always does. Almost so I was always. Very surprised. I was very surprised. Most guys say that because that's what you're supposed to say and then they don't do shit the next week, right? <laughs> TY says it and then he goes and he puts a clown mask on and he makes you look like a clown. Right? That really happened. Not the last two weeks, though. But not the last two weeks. So, But as you said, I I think if I'm the Colts, I take heart in the fact that, okay, this guy ran by the defense back, right? That's not the problem. He he wasn't running like he was 30 years old. He just didn't make the catch. Maybe he lost it in the sun. I don't know. But, you know, the, the open roof does present some problems. So maybe that was that. But it can't happen. If this continues... He's going to have to answer some questions. The only way to put this to rest is to come out and have a big game. It's literally the only way to put this to rest. Yeah, and the good thing is, what does Frank Reich do? He he, he never lacks confidence in his guys. He's not going to change. He's not going to stop throwing the ball to T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. is going to have ample opportunity to write this. And it's going to start next week against the Jets. I guarantee you they're going to go to T.Y., and yeah. he's just got to get through this funk. We saw this a couple of years ago. Remember early in the 18th season, the Colts just couldn't catch the football. It wasn't mainly a T.Y. thing, but he was involved and he had some drops. And we asked and asked and asked week after week, you know, what's going on? What's going on? And it, it's just this just happens from time to time. It's a bad time for it to happen for T.Y. Hilton. Um, but it's early in the season and he needs to get this figured out. But strange. It just is strange to watch 13 drop the ball this many times. Yeah, it's uh, stick around long enough and you'll see everything, I guess. So um, we'll see, though. But I think all in all, a lot to t- 
take heart in if you're a Colts fan today. I, I thought this was, as you said at the beginning, this was as thorough a win as they've had in a while uh, against a team that does have some talent. They didn't look like it, but I mean, there's some talented yeah. guys on the other side. I mean, that's Typically Adam Thielen a over there. Team. Right. right. That's that's Adam Thielen. That's Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's there's talent on that defense. I, I just I I can't explain it, but uh that's a talented team in, in some facets over there. And the Colts just they basically humiliated hum, humiliated them today, I thought. So yeah. hey, there's that. Uh Colts are one and one and hosting the New York Jets next week, who apparently are epically terrible. So I'm just excited to see all the former Colts back on the field at Lucas Oil (laughs) Stadium. I'm going to lose track of how many there are, but I mean, it's like it's like the Colts, like castaways, right? Right. Starting with starting running back Frank Gore, who was the Colts running back like three years ago. Uh, (laughs) Long ago, Frank Gore. I can't believe he's still playing football. He was the Colts starter like three years ago, and now he's still out there kicking. I, I mean. But, but listen, it doesn't speak highly of the Jets, though, that he's their starting running back. I hate to say it. but like, And I love Frank Gore as much as anybody, right? Known him since he was a kid, but come on. How great Man. were those those media sessions with Frank Gore outside, oh. his, outside his locker back when he was – and the Colts were not good when he was here. And he would just stand there and answer every question and just be a total pro. And he was among the uh, more interesting guys – that I've ever covered and, and absolutely one of the best football players, you know, I've ever seen. He's just, he's just a monster. He's just, he's just, they can't break him. Yeah. One day after Frank is, is gone and re- and retired when he's, you know, 43, uh, <laughs> we'll do a podcast just recapping everything he told us. Right. Cause <laughs> it will not be PG now. <laughs> right. It will not be PG. Uh, and, and it will blow your mind, but, uh, that's for another day. So, hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Uh, lots of specials going on at The Athletic. I would think we're still doing the $1 a month, uh, yes, I think, I trial so. offer. Yeah, so get in on that uh, and join the over 1 million other subscribers who are really smart, <laughs> I think. So, anyhow, uh, lots of coverage of this game and the week to come on The Athletic. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. Thanks for listening to 1% Better.